Corporate Conversations is a new format webinar and podcast, both live and available on demand, that combines the best of the fireside chat format with the utility of the Ask Me Anything presentation. Designed to dive deep into the topic in question and deliver contextualised, relevant and up-to-date information on critical issues in a concise 30-minute format, the Corporate Conversations series will build into a resource library of crucial discussion of the most pertinent contemporary legal topics. We invite you to take a look at the third episode featuring Anna Bobok, editor of the Legal 500 Deutschland, speaking to Timo Matthias Spitzer, head of legal at Santander Corporate and Investment Banking for Germany, Austria, Switzerland and the Nordics regarding the evolving role of GCs, moving beyond a legal support function. Hi and welcome to this edition of the Legal 500's Corporate Conversations, the first we are holding today with leading general counsel in Germany. I'm Anna Bauböck, the editor of the Legal 500 Deutschland Guide, and I will be in conversation with Timo Matthias Spitzer, Head of Legal Corporate and Investment Banking in Germany, Austria and Switzerland at Banco Santander. Corporate Conversations is a new webinar and podcast series by the Legal 500 that combines the established fireside chat with an innovative Ask Me Anything format that will feature a variety of internationally acclaimed general counsel and leading corporate lawyers from around the world who are willing to share their practical experiences and provide insights across a wide range of topics for the benefit of the audience. Our title for today's session is The Evolving Role of GCs, Moving Beyond a Legal Support Function. As the title suggests, our topic today focuses on leadership, a changing role for the in-house lawyer within the current business context and a new vision for legal departments. An article by Timor was recently published in the Harvard Business Law Review, and it was titled, The Importance of Leadership with Integrity in a Highly Regulated and Tech-Reliant Corporate Environment. In his article, Timo describes that an apparent decline of leadership in corporations, which is caused by internal and external factors, calls for an evolving role of the general counsel. Traditionally, legal departments have been viewed as a necessary cost of doing business, with most GC's efforts usually focused on running a more efficient and effective legal function. Today, we live in a very fast-paced, highly competitive, and exceedingly efficient business world. So arguably, the role of the in-house lawyer also has to adapt. Specifically, it may be in a corporation's best interest to have a strong legal function that has evolved from providing legal advice to contributing to the decision-making process of the company. The argument is that legal departments can become part of a corporation's strategic compass and can provide opinions on a wide range of other non-legal topics. In other words, in-house lawyers should not just be supporting, but in fact advancing business. In that sense, you might say legal departments transform from a cost center into a profit center. Furthermore, the notion of leadership with integrity and the benefits of an evolving general counsel function for the modern corporation 
is that a strong general counsel can be part of a corporation's moral compass too. So providing business-focused and commercially-minded, yet also legally and ethically sound advice. In essence, legal department should move beyond the role of being just a lawyer and running an efficient support function, which is where the traditional focus has been, by providing a durable competitive advantage for their respective companies and also advising on, among other matters, strategic, budgetary, HR, and risk decisions. So without further ado, I'd like to again welcome Timo Spitzer from Banca Santander to give us his thoughts on this matter. Timo is also an adjunct professor and board member at the Frankfurt Institute for Law and Finance in a globally recognized top 10 master program for banking and securities law. Timo and his team have been repeatedly included in the Legal 500's general counsel power list, highlighting the most influential general counsels today. In addition, Timo has won the Association of Corporate Counsel's Global European Council Awards and is a highly recognized keynote speaker at major international conferences run, for example, by the International Bar Association and the International Financial Law Review. As such, I think it's safe to say that Timo is absolutely best placed to tell us today about his vision for legal departments of the future and how he defines the changing role of the in-house lawyer. So, Timo, hello again and welcome. Thank you for your time today. To kick things off as a first question, in your view, what is the main challenge for a general counsel and why do you think the role needs to evolve? Thank you very much, Anna. It's a great pleasure to be here and I thank you for the opportunity. Thank you also for your kind words in the introduction. It was just the way I wrote it. So many thanks for that. Um, I think uh, first of all, um, the general counsel role needs to adapt to the business by being a partner to the business partnering with the business, helping the business to realize their transactional goals, and at the end of the day, driving the business forward by helping the business to grow. That means if you help your internal stakeholders, uh, they can um, help their external customers, and the whole operation works. So you need to be a business partner. But in the end of the day, you also have a more important role than to be a business partner, uh, to be a protector of the corporation, to prevent it from catastrophic costs and significant reputational impacts. Um, but in order to be fulfilling this uh, guardian role, you must be able to be a partner first, because otherwise the business won't respect you and it won't include you into its um, decision-making process. The world has become increasingly complex. We are living in a time of uh, significant regulation, especially um, in Europe, you know, and um, that uh, makes it increasingly difficult to navigate uh, the transactional playing field and doing so in a legally, but also, as you say, ethically sound manner. Uh, that means we need to have a lot of experience in, in doing so and also be equipped with the necessary uh, power and decision-making uh, empowerment to, to, to see to it that uh, legal problems are addressed properly before they arise. So it's better to be 
the fence on the top of the cliff, uh, then the ambulance uh, at the bottom. Now in the company, there are a couple of issues which could call for stronger leadership with integrity. Um, and uh, this needs to be addressed uh, by uh, the, the general counsel who can uh, use that to um, prove himself as an um, attractive uh, business partner um, to the extent uh, the business will uh, introduce uh, the general counsel function also in their corporate decision-making. So you're talking about this sort of traversal from a support function to the C-suite. How is this actually achievable in practice, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, traditionally, um, doctors are ill um, uh, um, general counsel, in-house counsel, uh, doctors, so to call it in Germany, because everybody needs to have the, the doctor and to be uh, recognized. Um, I mean, they were also called doctor no before because they kind of uh, uh, refuse uh, anything and, and uh, be chief blocking officer, but, but this is not possible anymore because um, a lot of the corporate scandals after the millennium break uh, uh, happened because the lawyers uh, weren't even in the room when the negative uh, decisions uh, were made. And uh, therefore, you know, you need to be taken seriously in your corporation, you do have to get a good reputation as a trusted advisor, in addition to be a technical legal expert. And you also need to be an accountable leader and a decent human being uh, in the corporation in order to be included into the corporate decision-making process. And you need to help the business realize their corporate goals. Um, and the more you do so, the more respect that you get in the corporation and the more uh, people will listen when you actually cry uh, a wolf um, that uh, something, something that uh, could happen. And the earlier you get included in the decision-making process, the better can you, you can ensure that, that everything happens in a legally um, and ethically sound manner. Okay, so I think you've actually touched on this a little bit already just now, but maybe you can give just a few more insights on how the GC can actually earn a seat at the, at the C-suite table. First of all, the general counsel must understand uh, that it's still the support function he works in. That means that the corporate decisions, the final decisions are made by the chief executive officer. Um, but he needs to get, or he or she, um, the general counsel needs to be known for uh, becoming a um, commercially minded service provider. He needs to have an open uh, communication line within the corporation. And also uh, he needs to be helping with the implementation of uh, sustainable technology solutions. That means not just implementing technology for the sake of it, but fully understanding the repercussions of the implementation and to drive uh, the technological advancement process forward in a sustainable manner. First of all, the problem needs to be defined properly before it can be addressed. Okay, um, just slightly veering off from that, you've, you've also previously talked and written about the GC acting as an ambassadorial networker. And I believe, I mean, you yourself are very much a, a networker and, and we, we see you a lot in, in all sorts of different networks. So in your opinion, what, what are the benefits of a, of a general counsel acting as a networker? Well, in the end of the day, the law also is still a people's business. So um, if people 
have a pleasant experience in your personal dealings with them, they ultimately reflect that on the, the company. So um, uh, you as an in-house lawyer going to uh, external conferences or in the age of COVID attending uh, virtual events uh, enhances uh, reputation and trust uh, in, in the company by those who see that. And of course, you know, I have to uh, deal with the uh, general counsel of our customers or the in-house lawyers of our customers when uh, we resolve uh, transactions. And if they already uh, know you from, from other get-togethers, it's much easier to um, connect with them also in a personal level to, to find an amicable uh, solution, you know, then also maybe potential problems that, that can arise and these problems can be dealt with uh, uh, swiftly and effectively if you actually know the people behind it and uh, you, you don't just hire an expensive law firm uh, which writes a memorandum uh, of could have, should have and, and would have, but you, you call the people directly and you resolve the issues uh, when they arise. You also um, can develop a strong understanding about other industries, uh, you know, understand the market uh, trends and challenges, and you can even help to identify potential new opportunities. I mean, the, the more you get together in, in these conferences, the more you become a part of the international community. And I'm very thankful to organizations such as the Legal 500 who help in bringing the international in-house community together on a global scale and to facilitate the dialogue and an open communication between the stakeholders. Great, well, we're, we're very happy to, to help out in, in that way um, and also see that as a, as a very important element indeed. So um, I think as, as one of our last questions, in, in your view, I'd just like to hear again what, what you think the defining criteria are as a, for a modern general counsel. What defines a modern general counsel? Well, first of all, the, the general counsel needs to have the right backing. Uh, the backing must come from the CEO and the CEO must uh, be seen openly to trust and empower the general counsel. If the CEO doesn't do it, the general counsel will not be taken seriously in their organization. Uh, this is why uh, at the end of the day, the role of the CEO who must understand him or herself as a chief compliance officer also, who is responsible for setting the culture of integrity within the corporation is key. If people are afraid of the, their CEO, I mean, for, for losing benefits or not getting promoted or uh, fear of not getting more benefits, uh, this, this is uh, uh, very bad. So people must be prepared, if, if somebody faces a CEO like that, people must be uh, prepared to leave the corporation. But if on the other hand, uh, you have a CEO which is empowering you um, in order to properly run the legal function, this is, this is gold. If you have such a CEO, you uh, need to be a, a role model for responsible behavior, uh, work as an assertive and credible protector of the corporation, as I said, uh, to network, to prevent the problems from arising. So you going out of the corporation, speaking to other people is actually a good thing. So you, you mustn't be confined to that old stereotype of lawyers and sitting at the end of the floor and uh, please don't disturb me. No, you need to be open and, and transparent. Um, you need to foster a healthy and inclusive work environment. And of course, to act at all times as brand ambassador, which is key in this day and age, 
you know, uh, because the general counsel needs to prevent uh, potential problems from arising. He needs to uh, prevent severe reputational losses because in this day and age of, of the internet, media travels so fast and um, uh, the court of public opinion can potentially even sink uh, a mid, uh, mid-sized company. So the general counsel uh, needs to work both as partner and a guardian for the corporation to fulfill his or her role properly. Thank you, Timo. That's great. I think we do have a, a few minutes left. So I don't know if there's, there's anything else you would like to add to your sort of vision of, of the future of legal departments. Well, at the end of the day, I think it's important to define the problem properly before you look at solutions. We have many providers um, um, in, in this day and age, um, many issues, but, but before you actually advocate, you must analyze and do the proper analysis. Um, also, if you implement technical tools, you must define the problem or the process you're trying to optimize properly, then look at various um, solutions and then analyze before uh, you implement how they may impact the company. I'm saying that because uh, some companies uh, were implementing AI tools for their hiring process and it led to the discrimination of the female workforce, the future uh, female workforce. Or other um, companies implemented uh, technology um, in their processes and it led to um, machines uh, breaking down or um, people uh, not being able to manually uh, override uh, the software because they don't understand it anymore. So before you present solutions, you must analyze the problem. That's very important. And, and then, uh, of course, um, you should behave um, in, in a way which is, I think, ever true since, uh, li like treating others how you yourself want to be treated. This, I think, um, is uh, nowadays as important as it has ever been. Um, and, and also try to, to be a positive force um, for the better in the whole community. Um, uh, all your actions have uh, repercussions and consequences. And at the end of the day, um, as I said, when people are dealing with you, they are seeing your cooperation. So if you have a positive uh, influence on uh, your partners, um, that will also positively reflect on the cooperation because the cooperation is just as good as the people who are working for it. Great. Thank you so much, uh, Timo, for your valuable insights and, and your time. Um, that is, in fact, all the time we have today. But uh, thank you and um, uh, listeners, people who are watching this, if you want to read up more on this topic, uh, Timo's article, The Importance of Leadership with Integrity in a Highly Regulated and Tech-Reliant Corporate Environment is available online for free at the Harvard Business Law Review's website. So thank you again for watching and listening and until next time. You've been listening to the Legal 500 Corporate Conversation Series.